Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 6, folks, Episode 248, and we kindly ask that you please subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all worldwide audio podcast platforms and video content on our related Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel. We would certainly appreciate the support on both social media platforms. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time it is that you're listening to this Boston Bruins Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Michael Allred, right here with my friend and fellow co-host and diehard Bruins fan, Heather, the Inga, the mouth, Ingerson. <laughs> the big mouth, Ingerson, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I so big of a mouth, bit. I can't even say it. Hey, happy Sunday, my friend. Yeah, I just, you started saying that, all I could think of Shakira. Whenever. Whatever, whatever you're doing. Okay, yeah, well, you just ruined my moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just no, I thought you'd like the Shakira reference. You love, Shakira. well, yeah, <laughs> I like her. I like it. I like watching her videos on mute, <laughs> but it's an exciting week. Here we are. Next time we speak, we'll have played actual hockey for the season, and it's very yes. exciting. And I'm very happy and- to be here with you this Sunday to preview. And I know it might be a little later than the YouTube uh, viewers and audio listeners are actually hearing this, but look at this, Heather. This is just a beautiful sight, to be honest with you. We have six days, seven hours, 16 minutes, and 40 seconds to go until the puck drop on the 2021-22 regular season. And I'm super stoked that it is finally getting here. Saturday night against the Dallas Stars. Can't come fast enough, but wow. I know it seemed like forever. It's been a long off season, but here we are not that long from now. We'll actually be able to talk about Bruins and not just Boston Bruins because the Providence Bruins open up next week too. So it's a very exciting yes. week. 
We get yeah, to see well, everyone's rosters being published uh, over the next few days of how all the teams shake out. See the Kraken play their first games because the NHL drops on Tuesday. So let's, I think we should get Kraken right now. You want to do yeah. it? You want to start talking about well, it? Well, no, I do want to talk about real real quick. I do want to talk about our uh, merchandise line. So I, yeah. I gathered some pictures together real quick um, just to show that we have uh, a bunch of different uh, programs that are involved in this. And here's just a few samples of the, of the folks that have... Um, uh, been involved with the merchandise program. Obviously, we, we have our stuff right here, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. That's a sweet T-shirt. We got hoodies. We got mugs. We got everything. And then we move on to the Puck Alliance Podcast. Shout out to Andrew Taverna and Connor Green of that program. They're going to be doing a lot of good things on their merch line as well. The Dump and Change Hockey Podcast, um, Nick Busa, Sam Minton, and Jared Martin. Uh, they're going to be doing some fun um, uh, logos too. And finally, but not, I mean, last but not least, the uh, Causeway Kings hockey podcast with Benny Rabbi and the crew over at um, the Causeway Kings hockey podcast. I just said that, but that you said, uh, you can go to blackandgoldhockey.com slash shop and you'll have complete access to all the products on our catalog that we um, provide uh, for our fans, listeners, and it's a great way to support. And by doing so, we worked out a program that every show that um, sells something, they make money on it and our company makes money on it. So it's a win-win for both of them. And we certainly appreciate it. And the prices are pretty reasonable, like a t-shirt is $19.99. So, and I bought three of them. Uh, I bought the uh, Puck Lines pod. I bought the Dump and Change and I bought the Causeway Kings. So I got a nice little friggin' uh, uh, selection to go to work and represent um, all these great programs on the Block and Go Hockey Podcast Network. And um, yeah, so... Shout I have out to some them. hoodies in my future. I have some hoodies yeah. in my future. We do, and the hoodies are, are really well priced and uh, great quality, and yeah. and they get they get out quick. It's within a, like a week and a half that they get out. So we're working with this this awesome company that does a, a boatload of all of our logistics for us because we don't have a ton of time to do it. So we worked with them very well. Had a couple several meetings, and and things are going good. We've we've made almost five hundred dollars in in um, in total profit. So it's a, it's really freaking cool that everybody's uh, supporting that way, and hopefully they continue to do so. And you get to wear awesome things. We're gonna blanket the universe with BND BNG production stuff. It'll be awesome to walk exactly. around. I can't wait till the first time I see something on somebody just out and about, like, hey, yeah, you know, when you see yeah. people with your favorite podcasts on, and you knowingly look at them like, that's right, I know you, you know me, and we're in there. Family, we're in the family. We're in the. Group. I love how you're rhyming right there. I am. That that, that is the goal. That is the goal that we you know to to grow and um, and uh, we we've grown a great relationship with our show sponsor. We should talk about right now. And nice. if you want to, you know, score a goal and 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 win money on on your bet and your 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 luck of of David Passanak scoring a hat trick and raking in all the money. We suggest betonline.ag, which is our show sponsor. So let's hear from betonline.ag, and then we'll be back with some more Boston Bruins Hockey Talk. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football year. As always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football and sports related. 
Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From hockey to football to basketball to boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports favorites. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, Bees fans, it is hockey season. Hockey season is six days away, and you can get in on some really awesome futures with BetOnline.ag, and we'll talk about that a little later. I know Heather's got it on the agenda. Um, For those that want to get their gambling fix on on the hockey season or basically any other sports, to be honest with you. But we we uh, have a little uh, a couple um, pictures that we want to show on on what you could win if 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 it all works out accordingly. But uh, we'll talk about that later. But we thank that online.ag. Please use the code CLNS50 because it it really helps us out. Um, So, all right. We have a pretty full agenda uh, with six days to go before puck drop. We're still in the preseason mode. We did change seasons. We are on season six, episode 248, getting closer to 250. And, and you know, by the mid-season or whatever, I think we'll probably be at 250. I, I mean, at 300. So pretty excited about that. Also excited that we did pass the 1 million mark of uh, downloads recently. Yay. We have, we have 1.1 million downloads. And I forgot to uh, get the, you know, the exact data when it, we hit the million but uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool, and um, may not be the best out there, but we, we grind away and we have a lot of fun doing it. So uh, we certainly appreciate the support and the downloads and, and the retweets and everything like that. You guys are amazing. But um, let's get to the hockey talk because yeah. I'm getting antsy, I'm getting sweaty. Well, let's go. Actually, before we get into the actual bees, I want to mention that now that you dropped that other one on a million down, that's a lot of downloads, my friend. And I just want to say. I'm very proud of you. That's a lot because you are the OG. I always joke around. You're the OG, but you are the OG. And this is your baby through and through. You are the captain of the ship. I'm just here to keep you from having fun. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Right. No, I I truly appreciate that. Um, And I love doing it. We, we just have a lot of fun here at BNG and we we do written content. We do it on, you know, audio podcast network, um, and we're out on the beat, you know, we, we have credentials to the main Mariners. We have credentials to the, um, uh, American hockey league, Providence Bruins. And, uh, you know, I really want to get the credentials to the NHL Bruins so everybody can have a chance to get that experience about being a media member at, on level nine or in the, in the minor pro system. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, I'm also pretty pr- pumped that we, we have a new, um, affiliation with somebody that I think we're, we're going to talk about, uh, soon. So yeah. if you want to tee that up, Heather, why don't you uh, yeah. go right ahead? Um, all I could think is this week you were on a lot of different podcasts and stuff. And uh, this week you had a huge announcement for Black and Gold Productions. And I think it's fitting that um, you give the details on it. But like huge, huge news for BNG radio station deal. And just talk about it because you've been all over the place. You're a celebrity this week, my friend, and every <laughs> week in my mind. So That's tell awesome. us about it. Tell everyone in case they missed it. Oh, shucks. No, I, I, I love I love uh, just talking to everyone and I love talking with my friends about it. And and these opportunities just come up because we we do have a pretty decent social presence. You know, uh, we do have a lot of readers, a lot of listeners, but that's just going to get a little bit more relevant as we move forward and create some more partnerships. And right now, uh, actually, I think it was um, Thursday, was it Tuesday? I think. 
Yeah, one of the one of the days last week. I thought it was Tuesday, but um, we did come out and after a lengthy negotiation period, we came to an agreement with the um, radio station WMEX out of uh, Quincy in Boston. That's uh, on your dial fifteen ten. Uh, Benny Rabbi, the host of the uh, Causeway Kings Hockey Podcast, um, he runs the show over at WMEX, and he thought that it would be fitting. And I uh, wanted to work out a deal for the blackandgoldhockey.com and all of its uh, affiliates that were involved therein. Be the official WMEX, Quincy Boston, 1510 um, source for all Boston Bruins news. So pretty, I'm pretty proud about that. I'm pretty proud that the negotiations went very smooth. Ben's a great person and his staff over at WMEX. And they have uh, a great um, listening platform for music from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, a little bit of the 90s. But there's also uh, really good local sports coverage over there. And, um, and we're really proud to be uh, uh, in partnership with these guys. These are two good platforms that I think that we can feed off of each other. All of our articles are going to be going over to their website uh, instantaneously as soon as they publish. And then we'll be uh, promoting them as well on um on everything that they do. So it's, it's a good partnership moving forward. And I hope it's, it's a long one because these guys are really good and um, they, they know their sports when they do talk sports uh, at the appropriate times of the day. So for those of you who like actual sports talk, there's another alternative to your main stations. Make sure that you check in, not just to hear about the Bruins talk, but as we always talk about new England as a sports fanatic type place we get a little crazy that being said six days away from Bruins hockey so let's get into it we're gonna just keep moving yeah let's go man I can't my brain's gonna explode right now but um before we do that we're gonna have to we had two more games right uh wrapped up preseason we already talked about it last week how annoyed we were to have the lull time because that never a good thing for the Bruins but uh on Monday the 4th we lost in overtime to Philly uh Stadnika got the goal from Laco and Steen which good for the young kids and uh on Wednesday October 6th we lost in overtime to the Capitals uh who scored that game geez I lost my brain Coyle scored welcome back Charlie Coyle we'll talk about you in a minute from uh Smith and Marshawn Hall scored from Smith and Coyle and Pasternak scored from Halla and McAvoy so any I think we can just talk about these generally for a little bit about the last two preseason games. This is, to be fair, there'll be a big gap between when we see them on the ice for opening night and now, which could be good or bad. We never know how it will go with the Bruins. But first game, not so bad. Second game versus Washington was like good. But when things were sloppy, they were sloppy. We'll talk specifically about the goaltending and stuff. There are other things to talk about. But overall, welcome back, Charlie Coyle. Looking like a second line center. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, that was I, I, very unexpected, but kind of expected. Um, Charlie Coyle's been off the ice uh, in a game situation. I know it's preseason uh, because of the injury and, and the surgery he had during the offseason. But um, I thought he fit very well on that second line center uh, role between uh, uh, Taylor Hall and Craig Smith. Um, lots of creativity, uh, really liked uh, that, that can complement that first line and create that secondary scoring that we, we, we seem to elude every year. We, we kind of get it at times, but then it's gone like the Loch Ness monster and, and you know, the, the, um, the shallows of a, a Scotland freaking lake, but, um, 
I like what I'm seeing. And I hope it does translate. I hope Charlie has fully recovered from the knee surgery or it was a knee, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, and, and, and creates a lot of chemistry with these two types of players because Hall can drive a line on the wing. Um, and, and Smith is a shooting, um, right winger, not like, not necessarily a power forward, but it seems like every time he gets the puck, he's releasing it on net. And when you have a guy like Charlie Coyle and his puck possession skills, his bigger size body and his strength to get to the net and possibly, you know, uh, redirect tip or be there for second opportunities when it comes to when, um, you know, Hall or Smith have the puck on either wing, that that line could be very beneficial. And I know it's preseason. I'm pumping this, this tire up, but if we can get consistency like that during the regular season, watch out. Yeah. Um, people, and again, everyone knows how much I love David Krejci. I'm not going to pretend, but also you have to replace him. Like we said, everyone calm down. Like we know he's not, it's not going to be the same third line that we, a second line that we saw in the postseason, Right. But if Coyle can remain consistently Charlie Coyle, as we've seen him, he can be as the man who can walk in after not really being able to be involved for half of training camp so far and stuff like that uh, and play the way he did. Things are going to be all right. And we should be able to have that secondary scoring. Um, Yeah. I, I thought over like I, we look fast out there that, some we have fast players who play fast sometimes, but you know, sometimes we play teams where like, wow, they're just flying and we kind of don't always move at the same pace. Uh, we're more methodical at times. Uh, but they've looked, they looked good that game. I think overall, even though they lost, but we had some issues that being said, but Charlie Coyle just looked like, okay, I think we're just going to put this controversy. It is my, yes, I have to earn it. I think I just earned it because that is the best. The second line has looked in that. I know not everyone's been on the ice. We've had a mixture of the, the kids up too and mixing in, but that being said, that looked like a second line that looked like a, whoo, thank God. Charlie Coyle's looking like he's healing up because now I feel better about, you know, the movements and the changes we've have to make to adapt this year and, uh, you know, come out the team for this year. To me, to me, this conversation is all about levels. If we can get the uh, production line off and running quickly, uh, that is Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand, you know, we all know how much they can, you know, point produce. They drive this team when it comes to offense. But if it filters down, and, you know, and you get now you got Taylor Hall and Craig Smith and, and Charlie Coyle, and then that could even filter down to a hall line with Jake DeBrusque and Nick Felino. I mean, I mean, and then go possibly even further. We know Trent Frederick has some offensive skills. We know uh, Thomas Nosek can can put the puck in the net, and we also know that um, whoever's going to be on the right side, uh, while somebody is out, we'll talk about that later, and somebody that departed, we'll talk about that later. I mean, that's four lines of lethal offense that you know if you could incorporate during the regular season what success that could be for the postseason and trying to get away from that second line uh, and the second round um you know loss to the to the islanders last season so i mean there's so much potential for this team right now i still feel high on what don sweeney did in uh offseason additions 
um, because of the versatility that each player can yeah. can go. They're not just one-dimensional players that come in and they, you can't – if it doesn't work, you can't move things around. I think it was done really well. And like I said in several podcasts, appearances this past week actually, and even talking to you, Heather, um, yeah, you know, they, they didn't just go out and address that one big-name player. They addressed several different avenues of what – the, the rigors of a of an NHL season can bring and a postseason, hopefully. Yeah, it's really funny because for a while people, you know, whoever wins the Stanley Cup is how other teams want to build their teams to be, right? Like that was part of the joke, um, right, when we lost to St. Louis was that they built the 2011 Bruins and beat our Vancouver Canucks, that we were the Canucks in 2019, that whole situation, things like that, but we talk about all the time. I would rather you bring me three players for 9 million than one superstar at 9 million because three players is more useful to me in the long run when people get injured or if people are like having a rough about and you got to maybe move them around. Like I think DeBrusque is going to be a lot more comfortable this year, not having, it couldn't have been easy. And now DeBrusque can own DeBrusque things, right? But it could not have been easy from the get-go having the pressure of being the second line left wing with David Krejci and not like there was a Craig Smith there or whatever to balance off the line, just like a half a line. Uh, if it was a bird, it would be flying sideways like this kind of situation. Ooh, and uh, that's a new one I now, do right? like the versatility of our team. And I, I mean, I'm not saying we're winning the Stanley cup. I'm not even saying we'll win the Eastern conference, but as for a lot of, it's been a long three years with this team, people leaving, getting people we thought would be more helpful than not. This Windows and that. open, close, open, this, close. Right. <laughs> and honestly, I still think like, obviously the door has to be closed on our core, right? Because there really isn't that much of our core standing there. anymore. Right. That being said, don't, you can say a lot about Don Sweeney's um, drafting or whatever. And yeah, he's had some hit or miss trade situations, but overall he's pretty good in free agency. Pretty good about not wasting a lot of money or whatever. Like, and, and again, people will say whatever David Backus, but David Backus got sick and there were several other factors that made that contract seem like it sucked even more than it did, you know? And uh, I don't know. I'm actually feeling a little more hopeful, uh, generally speaking, at least on the offensive side, because I do feel like if they can be healthy and if they can keep clicking like they seem to be comfortable like they look like a team last year's team was a team and you could tell, but it didn't seem right. They never really seemed like they had gelled into feeling like they were themselves and they kind of seem comfortable in themselves. And also I don't freak out about preseason, like whatever. I'd rather you lose to the flyers on Monday, October 4th and lose to the stars on Saturday, October 16th. So True that. Yeah, did, um, speaking of freaking out, did, uh, did another podcast uh, hit us up on Twitter when we asked a question? Oh, well, on the morning brew with Jaffe and Razor, I was very happy when I was listening to them. First of all, I went into a panic because they uploaded. It was only like eight minutes at first. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Apple iTunes messed me up. And I was like, yeah. what the heck? I can't. I love listening to them. But they read both of the questions that we had submitted on Twitter. So thank you, gentlemen, for uh, yeah. taking the time of all the questions submitted to you and reading through and answering ours. Uh, Mark had said, is it necessary for uh, the Bruins fans to melt down? Uh, which we will talk about in a little bit. And I had just asked how they thought the bottom six would shake out because I still can't quite wrap my head around it now with things like you said, some people getting weight. Bye. Yeah. I um Now I'm confused because at least one of those people I thought would still be sticking around for, you know, backup. But we'll, we'll get to that. But thank you, um, Mr. Jaffe and Ray Kroc for 
taking whatever two minutes of your lives out to answer our question because yeah. after all we are just fans and they are give way them, smarter hockey people than us <laughs> give them a follow at morning brew on twitter and go to the, your social media uh, your, um your listening platforms and uh subscribe to their program they're doing awesome 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 brew and talkie talk yeah. breaking down games and situations and news and updates it's uh it's all top-notch stuff so and last again. Oh, sorry. Last year, Reza did uh, every other week was doing a little segment with on the morning buzz on HEB, like as when they always have like they have little sports segments every now and then when they have that. And I really hope that that happens again this season once the season gets going, because gave me a little extra 10 minutes of Razor a week. And like, especially when it comes to the goalie things, like when everyone's melting about the goaltenders and I'm like, this is how I'm yeah. feeling about it. You I need like a to goaltender to calm you down. I like to hear what goaltenders have to say about that <laughs> kind of thing. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So I've, I think Charlie Coyle at least has walked in and said, Hey, remember me? I am actually probably the second line center by default or whatever reason earned it or not. And I think we kind of knew that all the way, at least to start. Cause really, Besides putting like Hall up there or somebody else, like we we didn't. But that is one thing. Hall of Felino, they gave us um, a lot of options, like players like that coming in, and even like Nosek down on the uh, on Nosek. I, I I always forget which way it is, uh, but yeah, uh, down. So we're looking like we might have some depth. Well, what that depth t- ends up shaking out to actually be, I have no idea yet. I'm not Bruce Cassidy, so I don't have to decide. That being said, though, this was kind of a hurt us a little bit. Curtis Lazar's week to week. Now, week to week means we don't know. He could be playing next Saturday on opening night or not. Uh, or he could not be playing until the end of October. Who knows? Week to week is a kind of general and... As you know, we watch hockey's and they don't tell you anything. They're like, hey, he's got like a something in the lower part of his body. What, his toe, his hip? What? There's yeah. a lot of different things that could be happening. So yeah. that kind of, that bums me out for the bottom six a little bit because I do think that he's important as a center role depth position. So yeah. hopefully it's not long. Yeah, um, he's going to be definitely missed on the right side because that, that's where predominantly he's going to be playing. I think yeah. Noshit's going to be up the middle and Frederick on the left. Um, this should be interesting in who's going to fill that role. Um, I don't know if that's something that we're going to talk about later or do it now. I don't think that um, any younger younger member should have that opportunity. Um, I think that if you're going to give uh, a young developing kid or continue developing player um those minutes he should be, go down and get top line minutes in providence and now i'm talking about players like Jakob lauko i'm talking about players like jackson nika and uh and so on so um, we'll talk about rosters later like what yep. you think the roster yep. should be but no i agree with you yeah no i also am worried about the center depth like what if coil's knee goes out again things like that like it i, I just meant that goes with the verse i i meant about the versatility of having people to be able to move around. Like you said, like getting him last year when we acquired him from Buffalo was a huge upgrade for us as for like, I, again, it's not to disparage any of these kids, but some of you are still not NHL ready and that's okay. But I also can't just cause people want you to play on the NHL level, have you in there if you're not ready because it isn't helpful. But um, yeah, so that bummed me out because he has, been pretty consistently helpful as a Boston Bruins since he showed up here. So hopefully it'll be sooner than later. Um, 
So I didn't know if you had any studs or duds this week. Uh, I would say Charlie Coyle because he just walked in as if he hadn't been in a no contact jersey for the first half of the trading September uh, kind of season here. Um, so that would be my stud. And I guess dud, I can't not give it to Allmark, but that's not because I'm on the Allmark hate train. Yeah, I'm a, I'm going to do a 1A, 1B for my stud, and that's uh, Jake DeBrusque and um charlie Coyle, great to see those great to see one back in the, back in the fold great to see another shaking off some um some things of the past the past two seasons where um he might have taken a dip offensively and and playing ability seems jake has um really fired up for this this brand new uh upcoming regular season where it's f- uh, full 82 games travel there's going to be a lot more commodity involved because of, you know, the easing kind of things, even though numbers are rising and blah, 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 they'll still be kind of in their own group, but uh, more able to do more than, than the past and, and locked into your, your room ordering DoorDash on the regular. Um, so I, I expect a big year for him, a big turnaround year. And it's going to be a very, very interesting evaluation process for this Boston Bruins team. As in where does he hold value? Does he hold value in the trade market or does he hold value in an extension? Um, so it's going to be real, real interesting to see what's going to happen uh, with negotiations if they even happen midseason. Well, that will all depend on what Jake DeBrus does. But I absolutely, Jake DeBrus looks so much more comfortable on the ice now. Like he doesn't, whatever was going on. And I mean, he's certainly a player that will have highs and lows. You know what I mean? You know that, but not for it to kind of balance out in the end with numbers and whatever production wise is, has been strange. And he, you can, you can physically see he's struggled for whatever the different root causes people can do that over the last, but he does, he looks like he's ready to play every time they've played every game that he's played in so far, he showed up, he wasn't playing. There was no, Oh, there's Jake DeBrusque. Right. Nobody said crap because they can't, because he's looked good. I so really, really, good. I really, really like the way he's getting to the net and it's not going so wide as you, you, his hip is like uh, grinding the boards before the goal line and then turning in. He's making more of a straight line towards the net when he gets the puck offensively. And I really like that in his game. I think that's going to be the make a break thing that he needs to have the confidence to go at a player and not try to go around him all the time where I think that he was getting beat a lot because of of his timing, even though he's a faster player, but a bigger player with a bigger stride um, on the defense can cut that gap down and, and and really shut down faster, smaller players. So I think that by going through somebody basically is going to, um, is going to have the biggest impact on Jake's career, getting to the net uh, um, and, and creating second opportunities for somebody else is going to follow in layers. Yeah. It's like, you've got, I don't want to say he's like a Milan Lucic. I just mean, and like, he's got a body that like, oh he's so much I love that Milan. He's, no, but this is what I mean though, is that he's got like the quickness of his generation, but he's got a size and shape. Like how players like Lucic, yeah, like, absolutely all day long, I think just like kind of like, you know, I'm not disagreeing with that, but like the size, like use your body more, man. Like you have your body for a reason. You know what I mean? I don't mean, I don't mean I need Jake out there hitting people. I mean, just using your body to help create that. Like you said, going closer to the net. Cause that's, and not only that, but when he's really off, 
when he goes that far out, he just blows his edges anyways and then falls down. Like it makes it worse. You know what I mean? Like pasta gets like that sometimes when he's struggling, where he just can't seem to stay on his feet because he's trying to make things happen, but he can't keep up with himself. But yeah, no, Jake's looked good. I agree with that. But who was your dud? Who was the dud? Um, gonna have to give it to um yeah, Lenius Allmark. And um that's not totally poo-pooing on on um on him and his ability to provide decent goaltending for this Boston Bruins team. But we'll get into that later because that yeah. is one of our top uh agenda topics this week. So I don't want to uh ruin right. it all by by doing that. So yeah, those are my sudden and duds for the week. Okay. So well, I just wanted to mention the question that you had asked the morning brew was something about Bruins fans melting down. You know what I mean? Like must we always basically freak out about everything because I just wanted to reiterate at the melt. There was a very clear meltdown. I was laughing because I'm not on Facebook, but I saw someone tweeted something like you do not want to look at Facebook right now, which is funny. Probably Kevin O'Keefe. I could see what was happening on Twitter. So I could only imagine what's happening on Facebook, but, um, Everyone, I just want to reiterate, it doesn't matter. It do, We could have lost 82 to 1. It wouldn't make us feel any better, but it still doesn't count towards anything. We're no further or away from winning this cup this year as we were the day before. Like, it's okay. Things well, will be all right. Here's my one of my points real quick. is it, what, well, The reason why I said that to Billy Jaffe and, and Andrew, um, Andrew um, Raycroft was – um, the Boston Bruins a couple of years ago, I don't know exactly know what year I can look back and get back to you next week, but they, they lost every preseason game. This fan base absolutely lit a torch on the, the, the Boston, um, the Boston garden. They wanted fire. They wanted fire this. They wanted fire that they want to burn the building down. And guess what happened on game one? They won. And then they won nine games after that. They won uh they only lost one game in i think 13 that year yeah. so it's just relax man I, everybody is just the panic button lately is just absolutely ridiculous let's see the product on the ice fold, uh, unfold and also, then evaluate from there yeah also even if they suck the first two weeks of the season they still can be in the top four in their division and make the playoffs so let's breathe there's and another two games to play Another factor is how most of these preseason games were mixed in, except for the last two when they were heavy, heavy NHL, you know. But most of the preseason games that they were involved in, they were mixed and matching people that you were not going to see in the regular season anyway. Well, so it's just don't react the same way to a stub toe as an arm getting torn off. Like you can't have the same reaction level to every single thing or it will mess up your psyche and the we're already doing it. And I get it's because we're passionate, but some of it's ridiculous. We do not need to fire Don Sweeney. We do not need to find uh fire all Mark like, Oh God, great man. Okay. Well, I don't really want to judge him on two preseason games and like two weeks in the warrior, but that's just me. Uh, but yeah, I just had to say that everyone just take a deep breath. Just generally. After all, as much as we love them, it is a sport and it will be all right. We'll all be all right on the other side. Like when we lose the Stanley Cup, it hurts. It hurts. But turns out every year the NHL goes again and then you still have another chance to get it. It's not like we'll never. 
it's not like we'll never get a chance to potentially win our division or the Eastern Conference or the Stanley Cup because Allmark had a bad Wednesday. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Um, all right. So Chris Wagner and John Moore were put on waivers the other day. Um, this is a weird thing to me because I'm not surprised, but I also am surprised at the same time. So I'm going to let you go first on what you, were you surprised or what you think this might mean now for how it shakes out for the 23 man roster? Uh, I will talk about the roster later on. I I will just gravitate to the two people that got waived. Mm -hmm. Um, overly not shocked that Chris Wagner got it to be honest with you. Um, I just, I know he plays the gritty style that this Boston Bruins team needs, but I honestly don't think that that was there. I just saw, I don't know. I saw a weird Chris Wagner and, and obviously I really hope it wasn't due to, and I'm not poking fun. If it's, um, you know, if it's a mental thing, if it's uh, just a, a physical thing, I'm not poking fun at the player at all, but I just haven't seen him play up to his capabilities as he played when he first came to the Boston Bruins organization from out West. Um, so I really wasn't overly shocked. And I heard from inside, from inside sources um, through the, throughout the organization that that could possibly happen. And, and it came true. I just didn't want to throw it out there that it was going to happen and then have every mayor of everywhere in freaking New England come and attack me. But um, but the I was a little shocked at the uh, at the more um, waving. He had a little bit of term on him, two point seven million for two more full seasons. And, and I know I'm going to get hammered for this because everybody in Bruins Nation seemingly wanted to get rid of Moore because of his cap it and he can't stay healthy and blah, 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 this and that. Even at a seventh, eighth defenseman, I think that he could have still provided a service when injuries happen. And mm-hmm. honestly, I really liked what I saw throughout his preseason. I think he really came to play after being injured and he wanted to like, you know, shut up the doubters a little bit. So that was a little bit shocking. Um, will they both report to Providence? Who knows? Um, but that's a lot of money to be sitting in your AHL club uh, and you're still paying them, even though that both players are going to get a little bit, a bit of a cut off the uh, off the salary cap. Uh, there's still going to be a little bit of heavy money sitting down there in Providence if they clear and so on. So who knows? But, um, you know, best of luck to them. I mean, I, I mean, obviously Wagner would be a tremendous asset to to a Providence Bruins team to try to work hard and get back. But also I wanted to point out that Dom Tiano says on Twitter that the, this could be just one of those like weird roster moves that they could be put on waivers. And if they clear, they could still be on the Bruins roster, not labeled for 30 days or 10 games. And um, I, I'd have to like, uh, you know, get a little fresher up on that one. But it sounds like it was a very interesting uh, scenario that another avenue that many folks uh, don't particularly know when it comes to the salary cap and how to how to micromanage the money. Hmm. I know I was I mean, I love Chris Wagner, but I agree with you. And I've said this all of off season, right? He's he's got to stay on this team, especially when Halla and all these other people start coming in and the Stanikas of the world are trying to make their name. That is a lot of money to have sitting down in Providence, but like Chris Wagner could be useful to somebody, 
you know, and John Moore, and I've always said like John Moore, maybe I don't want him in my top six defenseman, but he is an absolute great seventh defenseman. How he's like a Steve camper. Um, Moore has been injured a lot. I understand that concern, but I'm still concerned about our defensive depth. You know what I mean? Like as lovely as some of these young stud defensemen have looked, they're still young, you know, like it's one thing to look flashy in some preseason games playing against a half AHL, half NHL kind of roster. It's another thing to sustain that through playoffs and potentially winning a championship. And that's not a knock on them. That's just a, I'd rather have a John Moore to break glasses necessary than, I mean, like Jack Ashan, who I love and will be great, but he's not the person I necessarily, unless they're the black aces coming from playoff time, you know, kind of situation. And again, that's not to knock anybody, but if, both of them don't say, I bet Chris Wagner, if he clears, stays in Providence. Because to, like this was more probably a wake-up call for him. And this is, they haven't known what to do with John Moore and his contract for a while. But due to play, though, through the preseason, I absolutely am shocked that John Moore is not going to be rotating in and out on de- defense. I'm just, I was a little flabbergasted by that myself. Because he looks more like John Moore from Jersey. You know what I mean? Right. So, it is preseason, but still, you know, it's still right. a, a, a decent option. And not you compare a, them not, to their peers. Yeah, not at a ton of money either. 2.7 is really not that bad. I mean, you, I mean, Connor Clifton is probably going to, I don't know if Connor is going to get a full-time role. What remains to be seen, but he's at a million dollars. So a little uh, 1.7 more and you get more. I don't know. That was kind of a terrible pun. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. Not everyone can land, my friend. Well, I didn't, before we have time, I think this is a good topic to wrap up with before we go to break. I just wanted to have your thoughts on Providence Bruins camp opened up this week. You want to talk about this now or do you want to wait? Uh, no, we can talk about it now. I'll yeah, just I real did. quick. Um, the, the Providence Bruins get to back to work um, on the 16th, same night as the Boston Bruins. I'm going to be down there covering the game as a media member. Um, I'm so pumped to get down there. Got my hotel all ready to go. Again, I know I've been saying this a lot, but it means a lot. There's no hotels in downtown Providence, and that's not a good thing for me because I have to travel outside of the city now and basically stay in Massachusetts again. But I'm closer. I'm 15 minutes away in Seekonk, but there's no hotels. And the reason why is because that Dunkin' Donuts Center in downtown Providence, Rhode Island, is expected to be rocking with a full crowd. This is this means a lot to these people. Hockey is back. Um, the NHL allowed fans back at a certain capacity for most of the season last year. The AHL is opening their doors this year, and this is going to be a really big year. I know numbers are, are, are rising in this certain um, sickness going around and so on. We just have to be better with ourselves, do the things that we did, wash our hands, wear a mask if it's appropriate. Please understand the rules when you get to these arenas about this. This is not a joke, um, but it's going to be great. I don't care if I see masks or, or, or non-mask people in the stands and that place is full. It is going to be worth it. It's going to be great for the community to get back up and running. It's going to be great for the Providence Bruins organization and the American Hockey League that really, really took a huge hit last year or in the past two years when they couldn't complete a season, couldn't have any call the cup fi- uh, playoffs. And uh, going through um, abbreviated seasons last year, 
this is huge for the American Hockey League, and I, I can't wait to be there. Take pictures. I might even shed a tear, my friends. I'm not kidding you. I love hockey that much. I love Providence Bruins hockey that much. But to see that place full with, with excitement and folks are back, and this is what we love. Let's not think about what's going on outside these doors just for a two and a half hours, three hours. Let's let's go. Let's see what's going on within these doors at the Providence uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. So I'm pumped. Can you see? I'm freaking shaking. I got the I chills. My you heart actually will cry. Grab a defibrillator. I'm ready. You're not generally a crier, but there are a few things that make you cry. Well, I last night, last. Last week on the uh, Alan Sullivan um, episode, we dedicated to him. There was a couple times that I was going to lose it. <laughs> I was going to say. But, but I love that guy. And he's, the, and he's so worth every freaking tear that I shed. On the rare occasion I have seen you cry, only death and hockey is usually why there's a tear. I can exactly. say that. And I've known you for decades. And that's, you know, that shows your love. Someone you lost that you loved. And if something tragic is going on in hockey or happy, like... Messier went in the Stanley Cup and with the Rangers that year because you love yep. Me- you love Big Mark you love him and, and Mike Richter gotta get the goal and Mike together. Richter I was gonna say I I love him he's the tiniest bestest goalie <laughs> ever I just love him he's not really the tiniest goalie ever by statistic I don't know he might actually be but Mike Richter he's little oh yeah good old American boy such a great team I was happy for you to watch you watch him winning the cup again like that yep. was a big moment in my hockey life uh but yeah so i just wanted to know like what you've seen and now that like the people uh rosters have been you know trickling back to where the camp is down there and uh yeah just some thoughts on what you've seen and they played a game right yeah, they and, played and a couple played- games yeah, yeah the uh, really- the the um the providence bruins preseason or or um off-season workouts for that particular organization's kicked off on Monday, I believe that was the fourth. I don't have my calendar up, but yes, uh, it was. so yeah, thank you. Um, and it, it was basically the the guys that got cut from the Boston Bruins the NHL level in their preseason efforts and cleared waivers and came down. Now we'll start working in Providence this week. Um, we had a couple of games. Um, and I thought that they did really good. Unfortunately, these games were not televised, so I really can't talk a lot a bit about a lot about them. But I can say that the lineup looks like it's going to be sick. Uh, the way that first uh, year head coach Ryan Mujanel is going to take this Providence club um, forward is going to be so interesting. And um, also with the with the new coaching staff, a new member, Trent Whitfield's coming back. But we also have, uh, I think his name's Matt Walsh. I could be wrong on that. Um, but he's coming in as a new uh, assistant coach. And, you know, it's going to be a real, real nice, nice uh, bag of talent down there even though like i said on the um on the the beehive podcast last night shout out to brett howard and shout out to kevin o'keefe for having me on their uh, their podcast last night that was a lot of fun but i did say that you know the the boston bruins are are probably if they're going to be competitive all the time um they're probably not going to have the best um prospect pool in the league and they're going to get ranked high but what i will say is the way that these guys construct their roster at the American Hockey League level has been really fun to watch lately because they get the AHL only deals, they they get the two way deals that are under NHL contract, and you know, and it, they just make it work. And you, there's a minimum of how many vets you have to have on a team. There's a minimum of how many prospects you have to have on a team. 
you know, and, and, and so on. And AHL only contracts play into that too. So there's a lot of things that go on when you're constructing a roster down there. It's not just, we're going to grab a bunch of people and put it together accordingly. There are rules, regulations that need to be followed as well. So it's going to be interesting on how that it all gets orchestrated from new head coach, Ryan Mujanel. And I can't wait to interview him on Saturday night. I have some new video equipment that was purchased from the B&G production sports media company. So uh, we're going to be going into the season um, uh, accredited and, uh, and uh, ready to rock and roll with some awesome, awesome black and gold related content. I think that Ryan Mujanel seems like, like he's not so kind of hard hockey coach where like, you, I don't know, like grumpy kind of thing. He's got the like can do attitude we're used to, it seems to me, with uh, the Bruins organization. But he definitely is bringing his own flair to this team. Like he, not, he's a good reminder. Like, you know, when you have someone coming in or whatever, that a reminder that in this organization, they expect high compete level from the top to the bottom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you should be giving those other players a run for your money. You should be the top of the AHL. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I do like the attitude I've seen when I've seen him in press conferences and whatever else. Not that obviously there was anything wrong with how Jay Leach, but it's still that same kind of tradition of like kind of hard nosed hockey, but like with a, not like the player's attitude kind of coach, but like that balance. Do you know what I mean? Like how you can be raised in one school of hockey and implement that in a modern way. And uh, you need that every now and then new blood, right. To come in and remind you of who you are and what to go with it. And I just, I think as a coach, like not that we that you had expressed worry or anyone had about like, you know, with the coaching change at Adam Providence, but he seems to have walked right in and like, He's good at his role. He knows his role. He seems to know these players well being around, you know. So I I like that because that's what we need because that to continue that kind of hard push on that level is what's going to benefit the Boston Bruins in the long run to make sure people are developed right. You know, you're or even not you're not just worrying about developing those kids, but you're also making sure you're surrounding them with players. Like you said, Chris Wagner. So even though maybe he isn't going to stay up on the Boston Bruins. If he clears waivers, he's a great player to have down, at least for veteran role. He's been there. He's been in that dance or to show them how you push to get yourself back to that spot. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It remains to be seen what we said, but I'm feeling optimistic. It should be good. And one of these times I'll be able to go with you to Providence this season. We're going to make it a thing because I would love to go and, check out some of the actions and we're going to get to Portland at some point too, because we both like Maine and that's another beautiful city. We'll get Sounds good. Maine Mariners. Uh, wish we, I could do it all the time, but we'll definitely make a schedule where we can uh, something together and that might make it easy. We can even do a little show from there. Like yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll, I I could have the mobile studio, bring the laptop, bring the Yeti and we could mm-hmm. just sit, sit in a hotel room and just do a quick program before yeah before and after who knows so there's yeah, so much stuff that we could do all right yay double bruins hockey next saturday people if you haven't heard six days away from lots of bruins hockey the providence bruins the boston bruins but right now i think maybe uh we should hear from uh bruce sullivan and on um, hear a little bit about some of the awesome 
uh, products that he might have available for our listeners, if you don't mind, Mark. And then we'll get back to the Boston Bruins talk as we head towards the opening day again next Saturday. Can't wait. It's crazy. Yay, six days away. Yep. Yeah, let's take the opportunity to listen to uh, Mr. Bruce Sullivan from the um, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia Shop. He's got some fantastic programs. Um, I always mention birthdays. Christmas is coming up within I don't know how many days. I got to get a ticker for that. Um, and, you know, buy something now for a cheap price and surprise uh, your favorite Bruins fan. Uh, on the day of Christmas or or a gift for your birthday. These are hand-signed items, folks. There's video of people like Phil Esposito, Rick Middleton, Bobby Orr, all these players actually signing them and pictures. Nothing is it, – it's not fraudulent at all. This is not a joke. Mm-hmm. My friend Bruce Sullivan is the absolute class act when it comes to real stuff, and he doesn't rip anybody off. He's a very, very uh, engaging person. So please listen to what he has to offer this week and get in touch with them via email. Also, check out the Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. And with that being said, we'll be right back, folks. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. We have some breaking news. On Monday, October 11th, We will be hosting Bruins great and two-time cup champ Don Marcotte at our signing in Dedham, Massachusetts. Then on November 6th, we'll be hosting Bruins Hall of Fame legend Ray Bork. We will have exclusive memorabilia including jerseys, pucks, minis, and photos. This week, we are featuring exclusive memorabilia from our private signing with Bruins Hall of Fame legend and two-time cup champ Phil Esposito. Grab a premium Espo white or black jersey, JSA authenticated for just $139, a photo for $55, or a JSA inscribed puck for $59. We have framed photo displays starting at just $75, or grab the Espo Bergeron 22 by 26 inch deluxe special edition for $159. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces, and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! All right, Bruins fans, we are back. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Fantastic stuff, guys. He's got some more uh, Bruins uh, signings coming up in the uh, near future. So uh, get on board. And like I said, please follow the Facebook page for all these updates. Because as soon as something gets released, he immediately posts it up there. And uh, once that's done, you get in touch with him and, and, and stake your claim on some Really cool black and gold threads that are hand signed by a former or current Boston Bruins player. So uh, let's get back to the agenda. We got a busy day coming up. It is Sunday, and uh, we're six days away from uh, uh, NHL Bruins puck drop. So, Heather, where are we going to now? Okay, so I just thought I'd mention that uh, Coach Cassidy had said that the second A is going to probably rotate throughout the season. I know that's been some discussion, obviously, with Krejci leaving and, like, what would happen. Um, 
McAvoy and Carlo have worn it. Uh, who else wore it? Someone else wore it. This, uh, oh, Pastor Nack wore it the other day. I was like, someone else wore it Wednesday for the first time. Sorry about that, guys. Um, but I think that that's cool and all, but I kind of like having a study, like, you know, like, I don't know, but I'm not in the locker room. I don't know how it works, but it is something that traditionally do. Maybe it's a feel it out situation and eventually let somebody have it. But I still hold, I think Carlo as the veteran on the back end should get that C, but this is something that the Boston Bruins have done quite often in the past. I remember, um, you know, I mean, obviously Bergeron, your captain back in the day was Daniel Chara and your assistant was um, David Krejci and Patrice um, Bergeron. Yeah, Patrice Bergeron. But um, it was funny because the A on on David Krejci's would, would float. Remember when David yeah. Backus was here? He was yeah, the assistant had- captain on the road. While Krejci yeah. was the home guy, so mm-hmm. it, it's not un, un um it's not un, what am I trying to say? Can't even say the word. Um, it's not like it's not unimaginable that yes, might that's the it. one. Yeah, I'm just trying to king, pick a word. The king of bad words. No, that's the one I was actually looking for. Um, to to have the rotation done like this, so it's not a big deal in my opinion. Um. Obviously, your captain is is your stable, which you don't want to take off of um, anybody's uh, uh, shoulder to put on somebody else's. Uh, hopefully, it's not due to injuries or anything like that. But that shouldn't be rotationary. So, although if you can't play a full season in the NHL these days, you get ripped of your captaincy. So, uh, yeah, that was heard it from a friend. If we had if we had time, that was something I thought we could put on the burn list at the end of the show, and we're like, hey. How's about this is an interesting well situation. if I if I may add a little bit of breaking news, Larry Brooks about an hour and a half ago broke that the New York Rangers did come to an agreement with Mika Zabinajad. Mm. And uh, so that price tag now forces um the New York Rangers out of any potential Jack Eichel trade talk because yeah. there's just no cap space. They cannot uh bring in a ten million dollar player, not now. So that is completely out. So just yeah. to add a little clarity to my um my my Jack Eichel trade talk, um, Mill. yeah, it's just, I, I like the player, great kid, you know, from the Massachusetts area, New England hockey through and through. But it's just I don't I don't know. It's just I'm so sick of hearing about it. It's a lot of drama, but I do get it as a humanity factor. You should have the choices to get the appropriate surgeries, medical attention that you need, and but that's just me. Um, yeah, I just, <clears throat> the whole situation is messy, but I, the Buffalo's back up to at least talking to people. So that's what they've, they're saying, but they seem to go back and forth, but now I, okay. So he stripped him of his captaincy. He just wants to get healthy. And I understand there can be disagreements about that, but whatever. Good luck to Jack Eichel. Good luck to anybody who can pry him out of Buffalo. Good luck to Buffalo if they keep insisting on not letting him get the surgery he wants or force him into a surgery he doesn't want. And then he still really hates being there <laughs> and wants to leave. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that seems to me the team forced a breaking point with Jack Eichel by not letting him pursue the medical procedure he thought was best for him. And that was the breaking point. He could handle the crappy teams. He could handle the mismanagement of the organization, but like, you're going to do, you know, 
he doesn't often play. Everyone talks about his superstar status, but he's not really a player who often plays the superstar card status. And all he wanted was a surgery. And now you've just made the biggest drama train. It's like watching ABC soaps back in the day kind of thing. I don't know. Stay tuned to more chapters on that, right? Um, okay, well, David Pasternak was named to, like some people have started to be named to their national teams for the Olympics. That being said, the NHL still could w whatever with the agreement for the agreement with the Olympic International Committee, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows the NHL, NHL still might not let the players go. But now that players are being named, I'm pretty sure it's like the no turn back point at this time. But David Pasternak. Uh, logically was named to the Czech national team. Uh, Yaroslav Halak actually was named to the Slovakian national team, but a few people have been appointed, like uh, Matthews for USA, and I think maybe Patrick Kane for USA too. And, uh, you know, whatever, Matthews for Canada, and they're starting to talk. Uh, I would assume that at least Marshawn, if not Bergeron, will be on the Canadian national team at some point. Uh and who knows, maybe Jeremy Swayman will represent Team USA. You never know. That kid seems to be fire, everything he touches. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was cool. Um, he seemed humble by it, of course, because that's how he kind of handles things. Uh, yeah, Philip Grubauer got named, I think. Um, yeah, I saw a few of them coming out. But, anyways, I just wanted to mention it. Yay, Pasta. So, you had mentioned a couple weeks ago who will we see in the Olympics from the Bruins, and he's already number one on there, but how can he not be right? He has to be one of their superstars and who knows, maybe him and David Krejci will be reunited for a little go around for an Olympic gold medal. We'll see. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, there's a lot of news coming out about players representing the countries uh, in these upcoming Olympics, if they do happen, which I hopefully they do because this world needs it. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's great to have a, a young player, I, I keep saying young, but he's he's more of a veteran every day. Uh, David Pasternak, he's just a real ambassador to the sport, and and having him represent his own country is just an increased um, amount of uh, fan favorite. When you think about people over in the Czech Republic and young kids, it's just gravitating to a whole new generation every Olympic, basically that you get a new fan when when a player like that's involved. So it's a, it's a good worldwide thing to happen. It just increases the uh, the fandom of the sport at, at all levels of um, worldwide attention. Yeah. Like I said, uh, in the beginning when they let them play, I was annoyed. It wasn't the amateurs, but if you really want to grow the sport, it seems silly to not let your professionals uh, play, you know? So, um, okay. So that I wanted to mention. And also the next serious topic that we have to talk about is tomorrow, Monday, the 11th, five o'clock rosters are due for teams. So I thought maybe we would talk a little bit about it doesn't necessarily have to be your prediction. I, I know we'll talk about a little what the opening night lineup will look like within this discussion, but more of like now that Chris Wagner has been waived and now that certain people have been sent down to training camp with Providence, which was going to happen, whether they were going to make the Boston Bruins or not. It seems the landscape has changed a little bit for the Ford situation. Uh, and just your thoughts. Who do you have for your 23-man roster or at least opening night 18? Well, to be honest, um, I'm going to uh, resort to the um, unbelievable Dom Tiano at uh, Dom Tiano on Twitter. 
Uh, he puts out a very, very cool list of uh, his projections and, and most of them, uh, most notably cap number. He's a really good capologist there. I know he's not the cap friendly or the puckpedia.com folks, but uh, he does a really, really great service with Boston Bruins fans. And I, I have to agree with his lineup, with Tom's lineup. I mean, he has Patrice Bergeron centering uh, David Pasternak on the right and Brad Marchand on the left. Charlie Coyle centering Craig Smith on the right, Taylor Hall on the left. Um, he has Eric Halla centering uh, Nick Felino on the le- uh, right and Jake DeBrusque on the left. Uh, Thomas Noshek uh, centering Curtis Lazar. Obviously, Curtis is injured, but we also have depth here that um, that Dom um, uh, provided. And uh, Trent Frederick on the left on the third line. And those depth members that are potentially still with the team, and uh, our um, Jack Sadika for now, uh, Anton Bleed on the left, and uh, Carson Kuhlman on the right. So uh, Bleed and Kuhlman re- would require waivers to go down to Providence. Jack does not need waivers to go down in his final year as of, of his entry-level deal. So um, I could see a player like uh, Carson Kuhlman and um, potentially Anton Bleed if, if he could play the left side. I mean, I'm sorry, the right side. Um, on that fourth line for or the opening day roster, but that's who uh, Dom have, and I, I I have to agree with that. I um I don't know potentially oh. if there's any other moves coming around. Uh, looking at the defense from Dom's list, it's going to be uh Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grizzlick, uh, Brandon Carlo and Mike Riley, Connor Clifton and Derek Forbert. Uh, the uh, seventh guy rotating is Jakobs Borrell, who uh, also needs waivers to go down to Providence. Well, that's pretty much my list. I, yeah. Ideally, I would want Lazar on the right side on that fourth line. And you know, I'm, some of these young kids I'm kind of not indifferent to, but like it's kind of he, neither here nor there who gets their shot if there. But that makes me think, though, who will – do you let Stadnika have a chance – at least for opening night, see what he can do on the fourth line on that right side just to fill in, right? Because he's hopped around before, you know he can do it. Or do you put in like Bleed or somebody like that or Coleman who has a little just more experience playing uh, NHL game or whatever like on that level? Like Bleed's a little older, things like that. I don't know what the situation was that, but I, I hope Lazar can skate. That's my... That would be my ideal, but I agree. I, I maybe I'm not sure how the defensive line, like how the pairings will finally settle because I all day long want Grizz with McAvoy, but they seem to keep putting Fulbert up there every now and then or whatever. So I guess that'll see what happens over the next week. <clears throat> them running the different sets, but yeah, I think Clifton's in. But <clears throat> what do you do with Zaboro? Because I don't. We're now with more not there. It's not an option. And that, unless he clears and I don't know, settles. Uh, I, no one else I can think can go up there besides at least Zaboral's got a year under his belt playing up, you know? Yeah. I don't know. For like the <clears throat> seventh defenseman to kind of float around. I don't know. It's weird. I'm used to us having Steve Camper and other people to kind of consider if injuries happen. So I'm actually a little thrown off now with more being waived and like that actually happening as people have asked for for a while i actually you know to be honest with you um i could see coolman being the first line 
I mean, the fourth line right yeah. side uh, to this one. And then we'll go from there. I'm sure Bruce will evaluate that game and then start bringing the ideas of possibly bringing somebody else um, up that could um, play that. Like I said, Anton Bleak could pull up, could, could um, do something, but I don't, I don't like him on the off wing. Um, but if anybody's brought up, that's going to like that break glass in case of emergency, it's that waiver process. I mean, you could, you could, you could bring in Zach Sinishin. Mm-hmm. I, um, I would much rather see Zach there than um, um, Jack Sadnika. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, Zach. That's what I said. Um, just for the fact is that, you know, Jack's going to need that number one role down in Providence. Um, and I think that's where he's going to get it. I don't, I don't like the idea of a player like him getting fourth line minutes, like 10 minutes a night, you know, with less responsibilities. I, I would like to see him have full responsibilities, continued development, driving the first line down in Providence. That's potentially going to be an AHL best. That's where you're going to get your, the best feeling out of, out of him, in my opinion. But then again, I'm not the rule maker, Heather. Nobody claims to be, me, the rule maker, you don't want that. Well, my thing with Jack Stadnika is this is although I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like he looks good, but like at the same time, I'm always skeptical with a young player taking on suddenly a whole season and no one's played a full season in a couple seasons. Generally, like 82 games is going to feel like a lot to everybody or however, uh, what's the AHL again? 72 what's their game schedule i think it's 70 it went down to 72 i think it was 76 um not too long ago before this uh the abbreviated season but yeah i think it's down to 72 league-wide but no one has played anywhere near the amount of games that they generally do and some people might be thinking and what's another 20 games another 20 games is a lot a lot of games that's 25 more games ish that they played than last season before playoffs and things like that. So, but like Stadnika for me with him, it feels like it's like, is it better to be on JV and always play or make varsity and sit on the bench most of the time? So unless you're going to always make him your fourth line right wing, which is not probably the intent, you probably Lazar is the intent to have him down there. It's not worth it. I think you'd rather burn. Also, like, Coleman has a little experience. Do you know what I mean? He's shown, like, he's all right for a game or two. Unfortunately, he usually gets injured when he does that. But while he's there, he, as long as you don't put him too high up, does it. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I think that the picture is pretty clear, though. And it might be, I know some people will think it's unfortunate because they really love Jack Stenegar, even, like, if Trent Fredericks gets bumped or something and isn't in there. But... Their time will come, and bringing in Felino and Halla and all of them is a sign that they know they tried to go a little young to like not have to spend the money and see, you know, with the cap space they had this and that, and that didn't quite work even in a shortened season. And I think it might bump some of the young kids people are hoping to see this year out of the lineup, but overall, I'd much rather have four or five of these players we signed to be competitive than some of these young kids who I think, although have great potential, isn't going to bring as much proven 20 goals or proven yep. whatever. That, yep. I'm sorry. I, that I, was so it's um, I just want to uh, touch on before we move on to a potential other agenda topic. Um, we, we're not Jack Sidneyka haters here. No, we, no. We, we honestly believe that he's ready for the NHL, but it's just the landscape in front yeah. doesn't, 
paint the picture that he's going to be there consistently and with his available availability and stop, please guys stop saying that we're burying players in the AHL. This is not, we're not burying anybody. He's going to be up with the NHL sooner or later. He'll get another deal if he's still around, if he hasn't been traded, of course, but this is a project, a work in progress project. If you listen to a lot of Boston Bruins experts out there, they're saying that the Bruins are now taking a longer look at kids and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. It's just too many people, the shiny new toy theorists out there, love to get players involved as soon as they leave the podium. And it drives me absolutely nuts. So, and the other thing that drives me nuts is like, you know, we, we all have opinions. I get it. But if, if the Boston Bruins management and coaching staff have an idea of what their roster is, then that's what it is. We just can't, you can't go up there and, and you know, hip check a guy out of his seat and take over. You know, and 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 organize your own team, and draft your own team, and coach your own team. It's it's just this is the reality of it, and I just don't understand why everybody freaks out about certain shit like that. Well, and I think that goes to to being like the passionate fan versus, and I'm not an expert on these things, but like understanding there are rules to what you have to do, and that even though you really like some players, right? Like I like Chris Wagner, but I'm also not. I understand why he got waived. Do you know what I mean? You didn't come to play. Jack Stanika did play better than you. He outplayed you during training camp. But like, I'm someone who more than just the, it's not a shiny new toy against that. Everybody likes a shiny new toy. But for me, it's, I always get paranoid about a player, even if they're ready to get too beat up. You know what I mean? In that first season that it makes them, beat down, you know, they don't feel comfortable. And I think that as much as fans get upset, I think though players and someone like Stadnika who knows there is a place for him in the NHL and he would like that to be with the Bruins. But like you said, he also looks and he sees, you know what? I probably wouldn't play me over Nick Foligno either. Like, do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. Like they understand how the business works because it's their business. And even if you understand a business aspect on this side, you're not, if you knew enough to really be making the decisions, you wouldn't be just like, like you might be an educated Bruins fan, but you don't pretend that you are in any way a GM or somebody making these decisions. We can have opinions, like you said, and we can disagree with coach Cassidy and Don Sweeney and them, but in the end, they're the ones getting paid to make these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And we all can be in our chair GM. We all can. We've all been guilty of it. I do it all the time. Like I don't, I yell at other teams. Like are you trying <laughs> to eat your own ass? Like, what are you doing? Like, Are you tanking for the first round pick? I know. Like, exactly. I know your strategy, man. I know your strategy, but yeah, that being said, Lazar kind of threw it off a little for me, but hopefully he's healthy, but we'll see who rotates. But I do think now that let Trent Frederick sneak into this lineup. I think that's love it. He, he, he and Stanika are like the people on the fence. Like, okay, we could still just give him another year in Providence, you know, and pump it up. But he may have, that being said, I do think that Frederick will be on a short leash because there are options, of course, you know of what course. I mean? Like more than some other things that we'll talk about. Okay. Well, let's move on. Sorry. I didn't mean to make that seem like a long thing, but you have to talk about it because we'll know officially tomorrow, right? What is happening? Um, I saw this and I meant to mention it last week, but there's like this special David Pasternak pasta that's being sold at Stop and Shop for like Jimmy Fox. Pasta, pasta. Right, <laughs> pasta's pasta. So 
we always like to mention when we see like one of the charity things or something like that. So I wanted to mention if you're near a stop and shop that happens to be selling the pasta's pasta for 88 cents, get the pasta's pasta and help support the Jimmy fund. And also, I guess it's also helping like underprivileged kids in the Czech Republic, win-win, helping here and there. Pasta helping at home and at home. Like, you know, he's got the two houses. And, pasta, uh, pasta, home and home. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that I myself have not got pasta, pasta because it keeps slipping my mind till I see it. And I'm like, oh my God, I was just at the store to see if it was there. But uh, yeah, get it. I'm sure it's like limited supplies or whatever, but it's kind of cool. It might be cheesy, but let's face it. As fans, we buy way stupider things. I have a whole collection of Bruins like winter hats. Crazy jester ones, normal ones, pom pom ones. So. Nothing is stupid about being nice for humanity and doing a uh, a fundraiser like this to to help um, uh, anywhere people anywhere in the world is always a class act and a great opportunity to get involved in. So, and pasta is delicious. Yes, yes, and pasta is delicious. So let's do it. Speaking of pasta. I love that gif when the kid gets the pasta thrown at his face. I always use it when pasta scores on Twitter. That's my favorite gif. I'm I sorry. Love, I, I love when you go to the games and it's just like, it's not as cool when you see the adult do it, but when you like look over and there's just like this like eight-year-old with like the colander. The colander. Like pasta. <laughs> I love it. Like, I don't think it's as endearing on an adult, but like oh, the no. kids, it cracks me up. I just, I, I, uh, the first time I thought of that, I was like, I, it, we, we were down in the loge and uh, I looked over and I was like, oh, is that one of those weird alien people that have to have like the, the metal on their heads? And he goes, no, it's the pasta kid. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Now I get it. Don't make fun of pastafarianism. It's a real thing. People believe in the pastafarian God. You can even list it oh, on your oh, credentials. Snap. I know. But I worship Pastanak. <laughs> pasta. Also, there. Okay. So uh, you, as you alluded to earlier in the show, about maybe having some images to talk about what the odds are. Let's get into a little bit of, um, well, not so much betting, but just like a preview of like things you can get on if you are someone who's inclined to bet responsibly about the NHL or and or other sporting things through our uh, awesome sponsor, Bet Online AG. Uh, but Mark, do you want to take that away a little bit? The odds of us winning the cup and other things? Yeah. So I was, I was just to create a little bit more content and just to throw a little more dialogue for the folks that are interested in possibly placing a wager on any of the action coming up, particularly the futures uh, you can get in now, because if you get, if you sign up at betonline.ag and get a free account and make your first deposit, you can go in on the website and click on the NHL and it'll have a drop down and it will give you a bunch of different scenarios, like, like past an act uh, plus or minus, you know, 36 goals. And you can place a wager on it if it happens. You can you could win a little bit of money. But like like Heather said, please do it responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please reach out to your local, state, and province um, numbers. Um, so and and please, um, if you place these bets, these are just just uh, like recommendations. We're not telling you to do it. We're not telling you these are definite. Um, but it's just an idea. And the and the dollar amount is based on just a dollar amount that. You know, I'm not even going to put, I, I mean, I might, but I might not. But it's just to give you an idea of what you could win when you place it against certain odds. So the first one image that I have here, and this is going to be good for the YouTube viewers, and we will explain to the audio listeners, 
All right. So if the Boston Bruins do win the Stanley Cup and you bet now, you could risk a hundred dollars and you could win up to fourteen hundred dollars because that's a um that is a plus fourteen um um ratio. So it's not so bad. Um but I just had to get the logo out of there. So it's I mean even if you put five dollars down on that, it's still not too not too shabby. But a hundred bucks will obviously give you fourteen hundred. The uh, the next one is the um, Boston Bruins division futures, Atlantic division, and uh, if you put a Hondo down on that, you can win three hundred seventy five, and that is a plus three seventy five. So you you know you can work the numbers out if you're good at the math. Um, the next one is uh, the. Boston Bruins conference futures odds to win the two to one the 2022 Eastern Conference. And if you put a C note on that, you can win up to $750. And then you get into the player ones. The player ones are pretty fun too. Um, and and you know, with a player um like Jeremy Swayman, if uh he comes out and just beats Linus Allmark out um of his job and just takes over the league and wins the Calder Memorial. The odds to win if you risk a hundred a uh, hundred bucks is uh twenty two hundred. So that's that's kind of cool. And um obviously the one that's a little more realistic for me. I mean, I, I love Jeremy Swayman, goaltender, hashtag goalies union. Um, but I just don't see I, I don't know, I don't know. I just don't see it. Let's hope it happens. And if you place the bet on it, awesome. Take me out to the sizzler if you don't mind. But um this one's a little more realistic for me. This is Charlie McAvoy, the regular season award. Uh, James Norris trophy odds to win. You know, if you risk a hundred dollars, it's fourteen hundred at the end. If if it, you know, you happen to get it. So, uh, just just a couple, you know, things from uh, our folk, our friends at BetOnline.ag. I just wanted to throw those out. You know, you could do in-game um, bets with like I, I won six hundred and six sixty something dollars one night, and I actually did it on a live stream on this uh, Slapshots Sweethearts program when we had uh, Nick Busa and somebody else that doesn't work with us anymore uh, on the program. And we were watching a game where I bet that Craig Smith will at least have two assists. Pasternak would have a hat trick and um, Patrice Bergeron would get two goals. And I did three separate bets and they all paid out. It all came out and won like 600 something dollars. So that was freaking awesome. So just, it was just kind of an idea with the season starting on Tuesday this week. Uh, September, uh, October 12th. Um, there's still plenty of time to go over to betonline.ag, sign up for a free account and get in there and also do the in-game stuff. You know, they have a lot of really cool stuff to do. Um, you could do that in Massachusetts right now. BetOnline is an offshore um, website, which is very trusted. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be um, representing them if, um, if they weren't. Uh, I have an account and we have several Black and Gold Productions members that have accounts and do um, betting on the regular. So, uh, it's very, um, you know, it's, it's, it's trusted. So, um, and you get the cash as soon as possible, but it's a fun way to do it. But please, like, again, before I end, it's just, please do it responsible. And we're not, we're not responsible for anything that is placed, waged or recommended. So, yeah. And definitely we are not the experts in what you should no. be betting. I don't mind. Trust me, no. or if you do it for fun. Don't listen to me because if I don't put money on something all day long, I'll be right. But the minute I put money on it, I will be wrong. So 
only ask me on the weeks that I am not betting or whatever. <laughs> like that's just me. Like I swear to God, like I'm only wrong. Like of, co- of course, right? Because like I don't want to win money. That's fine. That's fine. It's better just to go on my hunch and let other people know. I'm just kidding. We don't, you know. But definitely do your research if you want to dive into those things. But like Mark said, there's some fun things if you just want to. Yep. Maybe just get in some action, but you, you know, there are different degrees in which that you can. Uh, gamble slash you know wager on sports betting uh and other things uh, yeah uh, another thing too is uh bet online offers a a page on their website for the new betters to better explain what the odds are how to place an appropriate bet and so on so if you want to learn more about that check out the website betonline.ag and uh, they have a, a complete tab that you drop down and you can you can do different um, things to research on how they how they they do their their betting service. So it's pretty cool. I love them. All right. So um, I think that's good. So get in there because the season starts on Tuesday for the NHL. The Bruins don't play till Saturday, but on Tuesday, the 12th, things start up in the NHL. Yay. And then the 15th, also the AHL. I'm just saying, throwing it out there just to make sure everyone's got their calendars marked or it's in their phone or whatever they do. I don't know. I'm old. So I write things down. Um, okay. Um, that being said, I saw, um, that, uh, I don't know if it's divine or Devin arena. There's an E on the end. So I'll go with divine in uh, Dorchester, but they, uh, on their ice, they have a thing for, uh, you know, a shamrock and Jimmy Hayes and a little uh, memorial thing for him, which obviously brings up the sadness of what happened. But I love that he will be able to continue to inspire, you know, and it's like um, a visual reminder to the kids, you know, like uh, of how much, you know, what a community guy that family is and stuff like that. So I just I saw that. I just wanted to mention it. Good on them. And um, just a great way to honor him in his hometown, but also to inspire the little uh, players coming through Dorchester and the generations to come to uh, remember. And if you don't remember at some point, the generations that won't remember will look it up and then remember. And that's how we continue to remember the people who impact uh, our communities and just obviously in a professional capacity for Jimmy Hayes. Yes, exactly. Love that stuff. Um, love the continued growth of the game. We need more of it. We need more of it in communities outside of the Boston area, particularly in my hometown of Amesbury, Mass. I am not going to stop ever talking about this and how much more we need to get the sport involved. And remember the many, many people that donned the Kelly Green and White Amesbury Maples jerseys and how they constantly promoted the development of the game and continue moving on making the area one of the strongest hockey uh, producing members of the United States um, in the United States. So, Well, we're going to get Maples Crossing eventually. Yep. And I know my kid, I, as, as you say that, I'm, I want to shout out at least the uh, Trine Amesbury Jr. Maples who do not wear the green and white. Sorry, I can't win all the battles. But we went out there. They shelled Neshoba Valley today and had a awesome win. But at the same time, I want to say Neshoba, they fought hard the whole entire game. They did not go down without a fight. Their little goaltender was fire with the little kick saves, kick saves here and there. And uh, nothing like watching my hockey because you just, they're smiling while they're skating. It's just like great to watch them. And it's such a fun level because you can really see their development. Like even just within a week, you're like, wow, look, they're really – 
getting their edges or they're doing this. But uh, yeah, shout out to the mites. I just wanted to say that. That's what I did this morning. And uh, I meant to say that earlier. Uh, but Neshoba, I want to doff my hat to you because you kids fought hard. You have nothing. Goals mean nothing. It's the effort that you put out there. Because if you stay with that effort, you'll get your goals. You'll get your wins. And uh, we'll see you again later in the season, I'm sure. Uh, okay. Um, we're getting towards near the end. But I did want to mention to um, Fabian LaSalle. I mean, we're not near the end. Then, but uh, he is injured, right? He's got an upper body injury. He suffered in uh, the dub, uh, which he was having a pretty busy month. Uh, team and situation, but uh, just something to watch uh, for those of you who like Mark love uh, keeping a tab on all the prospects and whatnot. Uh, I did catch that. So hopefully it's not long before he is full to play with the giants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I thought you were talking about football for some unknown reason. And when you said the giants, but it's Vancouver, I got to get back into hockey. Um, it's Sunday. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, but I I don't know. I think it was in the first game that he got this injury, so I'm totally not sure. Um, hopefully it's not, you know, long-term and, and going to affect a year of development, regardless of his entry-level slide this year. Um, but no, I, I mean, from the first game, I think I mentioned it on the last podcast, he was very engaged. Um Needed a little work in certain areas, but his speed and um, his talent were definitely on display, uh, getting an assist on the, I believe, the first or second goal of the game. But, um, yeah, he's going to be an instrumental piece of uh, the Vancouver Giants and the WHL success uh, this season. And they actually actually purposely uh, traded um, somebody, a player for future considerations, a CHL import to open up a roster spot for LaSalle. So he's that important to this team as they believe uh, he will be moving forward and into their uh, success in the 2021-22 campaign. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that and keep you updated because once the season gets started, we'll get more back into the groove with some things like Mark giving us a quick, uh, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, or whatever he needs to give us a little update on what's going on with uh, all our people in the system. Um, but before we start going towards uh, going towards some NHL or general hockey talk as we go to wrap up, I thought now we could do our Atlantic predictions. We're getting ready to rumble only 48 hours away from actual hockey happening in the NHL. Uh, excellent. Uh, sad. We have to wait until the 16th. I feel like we're being punished for some reason. I don't know why, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding. But, uh, yeah. So I just thought about, uh, we haven't really talked about our division. We're back to normal divisions again. Uh, in case you forgot, that's us, Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Montreal, Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa. Uh, that's the eight teams we'll see. So sorry, capitals. We're going to see you less. Sorry, Islanders. I thought it was funny in the preseason. We only played people from the Metropolitan Division, which is also something to consider when we saw the action on the ice. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't know how, like, it, it was I supposed – should I actually rank how I think they're going to be, or do you – Well, that's what I, I wanted to do, so. Okay, well, you, I um had just a general. I'll let you go first. But I did pick, um, like, my top four, my bottom go, four. Why don't you I go first? Take out. All right, well – 
I still think Tampa's the team to beat, even though they lost a lot. But I think Boston and Tampa are going to compete for one and two. Tampa might still be number one, but they're also going to be coming in on a like three-peat high. They want a three-peat, you know, and uh, so that always makes a team dangerous. That being said, they're not the Tampa they were last year or two years ago at that. So we'll see what happens like that. I think Florida's taking the third spot because I – think they're a quiet team they showed a lot of improvement last year in the shortened season like I don't think people saw what they could see but they also I think have made some moves that will help them I mean having even like Joe Thornton in the room you know what I mean to help lead the pack and I hate Toronto but I think they're going to be fourth now I'm that being said I just think those will be the top four teams in the end the bottom five I think in descending order I mean the bottom four are going to be Montreal Ottawa and congratulations Detroit you're not going to be the worst because I fully expect that to be the Buffalo Sabres so good for Detroit they don't have to carry the burden of being the worst of the worst this year in the division or the league so that's mine that's what I think I think Tampa's still the team to beat, and I think Toronto's Toronto, so they'll get in their own way, but still make the top four. I'm gonna buck your trend, Heather Ingerson. Okay. And uh not let we argue all the time because we normally do, because we're like brother and sister, we've known each other for so long. But I'm gonna let, let's go from the top down. I was on the uh Scuttle Puck podcast with uh Mike Bond and Dale Horde last week, and we did these, but I, I kind of changed it. You know, I went a little, I said something on their podcast, but I'm not going to say it here because I had a little Lip bit of time to think. Flopper. I had, a, yeah, I did. I did. I'm a fair, fair weather Atlantic division uh, predictor. Predictor. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I am a weatherman go, in Boston. You flip your predictions well, listen, so much. Listen, guy. All weather people get paid on being 50% correct. I That's can freaking do that. If I could talk hockey at a 50% accuracy rate, I can do the weather. <laughs> hey, if I only win 50% of the time, I'm still 500, man. Exactly. All right. So <laughs> my, my top team in the, um, in the Atlantic is going to be the Florida Panthers. I think Joel Quenville has got a, a team that is going to challenge this year. Uh, J- Jonathan Huberto and, um, and Aaron Ekblad on the back end. Uh, goaltending, I'm not sure who's going to be with Vorovsky and so on, but, uh, or uh, Spencer Knight. But it should be interesting to see. Um, I have the Boston Bruins coming in second. I think that they have a team that they didn't do um, a ton of, of of moves concerning like who's the best uh, on in free agency, and if we need that, I think that what they did was they grabbed a bunch of players that have versatile positions that they can mismatch around um, without a lot of rotation sitting down with just one dimensional players. Uh, I have Tampa Bay in my third position. And that's the flip that I did. I actually had uh, another team that I'm going to mention next above them on the scuttle puck podcast. Apologies to Mike and Dale. Um, I flopped our Florida teams then basically. Yeah, basically. But, but um, what I want to talk about, and I think I mentioned this several times on several podcasts in the past and including this one um, is that Tampa Bay has won Stanley cups in two abbreviated years. Um, during uh, these tough times with uh, this uh, sickness going around. Um, and the last time they were in a full 82-game schedule, they were eliminated in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I think that that could be kind of a karma thing coming back. Uh, they didn't make, they didn't keep a lot of those grinding players that got them this success. Uh, the two Stanley Cups, um, a lot of those guys had to be moved out, basically cash, cap casualties 
So um, I, I see them not doing as well as – and no three-peat. Sorry, folks. Uh, so Tampa Bay at third. Uh, the fourth position, I have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how they come out. I thought they did okay last season by, by – you know, they had a really good regular season up in the north. Um, but I want to – it's going to be interesting to see how they do a mix of everything, travel and so on. Um in my fifth position, I have the Montreal Canadiens. I, I think they, they, you know, they, it was great to see a team like that, an original six member, uh, get to the Stanley Cup Finals, and and but ultimately they lost. So I think by that and having a shortened off season and some of the moves that they made, um, I, I'm not going to completely come to fruition at least this year. Uh, so they're in my fifth position. Ottawa is going to be in the sixth. Uh, shout out to the third line plug. I was on their podcast and I said the same thing. Uh, Detroit has my seventh position. Um, I think Steve Eisenman is going to take another year to gather uh, some um, some more assets via the um, the draft where where he's going to sit in the uh, in the Atlantic and conference when it comes to the draft um, draft pick scenarios. And I uh, really try to rebuild from there. And I have Buffalo. The dumpster fire continues down the river. It's just it's it's a it's a rolling fire, and uh, I don't think it's going to get any better. And so they deserve the uh, the eighth spot for me. All right. Well, we mostly had the same thing then. Yeah, the Florida. We have a little disagreement on who's there. I do think too. I, I really do think the Florida Panthers. It's like people still underestimate them because they're the Florida Panthers or whatever, but. I don't think people remember that they're not quite, they're not as flashy as maybe Tampa. You know what I mean? They're not as noisy as Carolina or whatever if in that South, you know, um, area, Southern area. But I, I do think their team has been getting progressively better. Good coach, you know, moving their parts that they need to. And uh, didn't Barkoff just get paid bank too? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, Barkov's not- another player that I keep forgetting about. He's just a, one of those, you know, Selkie trophy candidates year by year. He's got a really good two, two way game along with Jonathan Huberdeau. Um, man, if, if, uh, if Barkov um, is a player available, well, you're not anymore, obviously, but he'd be a perfect fit for a Patrice Bergeron replacement. Oh, oh give me that all day but unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately they well you don't like it or no you i love it like okay yum, like that's delicious unfortunately you know and, and and fortunately for the player and organization that florida came to an agreement and they got a deal done so i i just think they're going to be a real um head turn along with the boston bruins I, my front my front two for the atlanta division i believe they're going to turn some heads and uh especially in bruins nation when they whined a lot about not getting these outrageous play. I mean, it was a thin market goalie defense and, and forwards. Um, but I think that what they did was they addressed it by several different needs and where players can be placed. It's never, it's not a bad thing to have um, a, a tool bag full of many assets. If you're able to like Felino, the Felino edition, that guy could play all three freaking forward lines, you know, and he plays it at, at well and it, at a competitive pace. So his addition was just just another notch in Don Sweeney's freaking free agency signing regime. We won't talk about his drafting because we obviously know about that. But still, I mean, there's there's goods and bads of of this Boston Bruins organization and how they're built year to year. I'm not going to poo-poo on anything like that this year. I want to see the proof in the pudding. I want to see games. I want to see regular season games, and then I'll start evaluating. 
Yeah. Um, I'm marking it down. So we're going to, once the playoffs get to go, I'm going to say, well, on October 10th, 2021, we discussed our Atlantic. Let's see whose Florida prediction is better. Yeah. I mean, I would probably, you know, you know what I would do, Heather, is I would, uh, we we should do a segment right around the Thanksgiving holiday. And, um, cause that's pretty much like the, 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 the bar sometimes with a lot of eight, um, organizations look at where they're sitting and plan appropriately for their um, playoff runs or upcoming playoff runs. Well, we'll do that. Why don't we say at Thanksgiving that weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, whatever the recording is around that. And we'll re I'll keep this. We'll pull it out and I'll say, these were our predictions. Are we still sticking with it? Or are you feeling a little different? I think with the Bruins though, the problem with the Bruins is we're Bruins fans. So what we see is all the craziness that comes with the tunnel vision of being in New England and being a Bruins fan, right? But I don't – so when you said that will surprise a lot of people, I agree with you that I think that will surprise a lot of fans that this team is a lot better put together and maybe is a little more comforting in the way that the teams were used to is than last year was. And they didn't do bad. That's not a slight. They did what they had to do to get through last season the best they could. We knew there was a good chance we were going to get knocked out in that second round. It wasn't like anyone was probably particularly shocked or anything, you know. And uh, this team looks more like a Bruins team to me again. Sure. Like assured a, a up, like we kept saying, it's great that we were doing little things, but the additions, like you said, like, I'm sorry, all day long you wanted Nick Felino. He wore a captaincy, okay, for a while. Like he's, you know, you want to replace that if you're not, you're not going to have – you know, we've had Bacchus leave and other people who are former captains. Chara is our former captain. Like that kind of leadership role. Not again, because there aren't other leaders in the room, but sometimes it's good to have a refreshing voice from the outside, just like Bacchus. And they had talked about when Bacchus came in. Like it wasn't that he helped revolutionize what was going on. It was just a fresh other voice of leadership in the yep. room of how to get things done. Well, um, not only that, but back, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I'm sorry about mm-hmm, that. No worries. Not to, just to add on to that, like the Bacchus thing, Bacchus was somebody outside the organization that came in and just noticed that mm-hmm. things like he made the suggestion like, Hey Z, you know, not to like really, really jump in on here and step on your toes, but maybe if you did this and then it was a discussion and then it made, it, it became fruition and they started doing it to, to get the, um, you know, the camaraderie back into the organization, that family feeling. And, and you know, so I think that that was a tremendous service and, and one that many fans look at David Backus and just look at his playing career and what he did on, on the ice, but neglect to look at what kind of um, inspirational leader he was off the ice. All right. Before we start uh, doing just our random, like couple NHL things to mention, um, I did want to ask you, and I think I asked you the last few seasons before we started, what are three expectations slash hopes or whatever that you have for this team this year? Like right um, now, before the season starts, what are your kind of personal hopes and expectations? Well, I just hope that we can get chemistry early. I think that if, if um you know, we can not get as far as the midway point of this year, and still trying to figure out who sh- should go with who, where. I think that, you know, these the 10-day period that they had off from the last preseason game till Saturday night's puck drop coming up this week. Um, I think that's a time where we just, these guys need to continue to work hard in the gym and uh, on the ice and, um, you know, just 
create that chemistry because I really want to see them come right out of the gates and get it point production. I mean, we're going to have faults. It happens, but I just want to see them more on board ever than before, because it's a very crucial year for a lot of players on this team, whether you're talking about windows closing and opening and this and that, and how, and how the, the bottom six got reconstructed during the off season. But I think it's important to come out quick because, um, you know, every point's needed in an 82 game schedule. We, we both know that, but uh, I honestly believe that if you can get ahead of yourselves early, you can kind of squander those really weird points that are later on in the season when your bodies are starting to break down a little bit more and so on, but you still have a little bit of comfort level on where you sit in the standings and to address how your lineup's going to look in the first round of the postseason. I think my biggest hope is that the chemistry thing for me is like bigger than just creating chemistry is when there is chemistry and you're having problems with chemistry outlet, don't mess up the chemistry that is working for the sake of, I understand sometimes you have to change it up to create a boost. I get that. That's not what I mean. But like sometimes when shit ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. And I would like that to happen. Figure it out. So like if the bottom six aren't clicking, Fix the bottom six. Don't move the second line to accommodate so that maybe that's going to... No, no, because we don't... We still need that secondary scoring. So that's my biggest wish is that we seem like we have two to three lines that can definitely produce. You know what I mean? Like if they're moving, they can produce. Please don't mess that up just for the sake of messing things up. You know, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just something that always annoys me. But I mean, I think this team could really, we're not going to steamroll probably, but as long as you're steady rolling all the way to the finish line, that's the most important thing, right? Like that's yep. just me. The, um, the, uh, the great Boston native and uh, actor Ben Affleck said one time in one of my favorite movies, boiler room, emotion <laughs> creates emotion. A motion creates emotion all right so i would like to remind everyone not like that's a weird thing to follow up with this um i wanted to remind everyone if you wanted to try and get your pup in the uh pucks and pups calendar for next year you have until the 18th go to the community page or fan page whichever it is at bostonbruins.com yeah, or their page for the nhl you can get that information i also wanted to say there was a big thing this week and it's finally on the news but like, there is a shortage of hockey freaking referees in the world, but particularly in the state of Massachusetts, and I'm sure every state's having this problem. And I would like to encourage people, uh, if you are a sane hockey parent, if you are listening, to thank your referees. Because today I thank the two young gentlemen that, show, like, first of all, like, for showing up. And I said to them, I understand your job isn't easy. And But thank you for volunteering your time to make sure that these kids have somebody on the ice to help them learn this game or to control. I, I of course, was at a mic game, but I, I know it's a problem, especially on the upper levels where they're supposed to have two refs. They just don't have refs. And it's getting to the point, like, games are getting canceled, things like that. So I encourage anyone who might, uh, you know, say you're a former hockey player, but you have a lot of hockey knowledge, but, you know, you want to – it is – you have to get, uh, you know, certified this and that, but – like consider that as an option to give back to your community. If you have the know-how and uh, you know, ability to give back. And that being said too, to the hockey parents out there, and I know most of us are good and, but we all know we've all been there and seen that 
really angry parents screaming at refs. And I don't care for, I've seen it from mites through high school at happening. Don't scream at the refs, dude. It's a thankless job and they're not perfect. And you know what? Sometimes you might get some crappy refs. All right. But at least they showed up. Okay. We don't want to drive off the refs that do show up because we can't keep our emotions in check a little bit. I understand it's easy, but there. So please don't drive off any more refs with any crazy behaviors. We've already have a shortage of them. And also, if you have the ability, please become a referee in Massachusetts, not just in Massachusetts, but wherever, you know, you live. All right. Well, the upcoming game for this week is first day, Woo! December, December, October 16th. At home versus the Dallas Stars at seven o'clock. Also, to be mentioned that the Providence Bruins open up at one o'clock. Mark, is it? No. Earlier in the day. No. Seven. What's the problem? It's at seven too. Yeah, it's oh, both well. games at the same time, and it sucks. But uh, it's opening day for a very good, very good reason down in, in the AHL. So I'm going to be attending that as a media member, and I will um, unfortunately be um, subjected to the. Uh, short version of the midnight um, replaying on Nesson of the uh, Boston Bruins versus Dallas Stars game. So uh, we will be here on the Black and Gold Hockey podcast to talk about my experience down in Providence uh, next weekend and obviously what we saw in game one and then preview the upcoming games uh, the following week. So we're going to we're going to be doing the same type of schedule uh, that we've been doing for the past couple of years since Heather's joined the the podcast. I think are we going on uh, this is uh, we're definitely over 2 years. Are we going yeah. on a third? Yeah, this June will be our June will turn over to my thir- third whole year with you. Okay. So we're like two and a half years in. So pretty much we haven't really changed much of our agenda when we go through uh, during the regular season. We talk about games of the past, talk about games of the future, and then we mix in a bunch of other Bruins-related material, prospects, and uh, articles that are being written by the fantastic uh, folks that cover this Boston Bruins team. So um, plenty of things coming up, that's for sure. All right, so that's all I have for Bruins things. Just a few things I wanted to mention real quick. Not really things for discussion, but just in case people, um, I'm sure that you, I mean, this is something we could discuss, but I feel like for the sake of just, we both respect players' privacies and just like don't feel it's need. But um, I think we both wish Carey Price well, and hopefully he Jesus, uh, yes. gets uh, where he needs to be and gets back to his life life and family and his team and whatnot, uh, if that's what the road leads to him. Um, but Montreal, Canadian or not, I think we both really respect Harry Price and is a, hu- a really, you know, huge part of the NHL for many years now at this point. And uh, just, I just wanted to say, thinking about you, get well, and, you know, you do you, guy. You're, yeah, definitely think about the bigger. Definitely think about the Price family uh, and and Carrie's uh, personal battles, uh, regardless of what they are. There's none of our business and so on. Um, but all, all the best to them. And I do want to uh, just um, this is not a shout out because I would never do that to the to the ridiculously stupid people out there that have to make comments on uh, the uh, Instagram page that his wife um, provided a little a little dialogue about what's going on without any full details, but, and on the, uh, on Twitter, obviously Twitter can be a dumpster fire as well. It's like Buffalo and Twitter that work together. Who knows? But, um, um, 
uh, just the the trash that I've seen. It's like you know, um, the man up. Um, you know, uh, you're you're a professional. Be a man, and this and that. You know, battle through. It's not all about that all the time. Uh, that might be in your personal little um, area of your life, but in other areas of humanity, people struggle uh, with with different things, and and that needs to be respected. I just can't stand when somebody comes out and the old time hockey folk come out and just say, "Man up," you know, take take a shot and get back out there. You know, it, it, it's not like yeah. that anymore. So we need to we need to kind of circle back on on how we talk about other people and how uh, folks. Uh, and their struggles, because, you know, some of these people do read social media. Some of these people are affected by what's being said about them on social media. And some of these people are going to the lengths of using drugs, suicide and other things because of what's being said. So class it up, man. You know, it's just uh, kind of ridiculous that that has to be seen these days. But it is social media. It is a platform that anybody could use. And any trash things going to be said on it. I, I know, but still, it's just, I, I really like to say, stop, you know? Yeah. And I do have to say that I, I did see a tweet. I think it might've been Montreal Canadians, a tweet. but it was like someone had done a collage of a lot of positive things though. So um, I just, I, I agree with you. Like keep it, we're all humans. And the ironic thing with humans is that we were given the power of reason, but often act unreasonable. And it's but unreasonable for you to, to yell at a professional athlete that you don't personally know when you don't know what they're going through or any human being, because you know what? Carrie Price doesn't owe you shit when it comes down to it. Carrie Price owes Carrie Price and his wife and his children and his family and his teammates, maybe at most his organization. But that as much as we feel like we're a part of the Bruins or the Canadians or whoever, we're not. We're fans yeah. at home. And it's easy to talk shit when you're 42 rows up behind the glass on this side and not when you're standing on that side with all the pressures that come with being a professional athlete. Everybody deserves the chance for recovery. Everybody deserves a second chance. So let's keep that in mind, please. And sometimes people need third and fourth chances before they actually yeah. get to their healthy place. Exactly. And you know what? We have plenty of people in our lives. Had I written them off for no good a million times, you know, like, no, man, if you love somebody or if you actually care, like if you want your goaltender back then support him as a man, and then he can come back and do his job. But until he can be right with himself as a human, like either shut up or deal with whatever's going on. So exactly. that upsets me just because life is hard enough, but that's a different kind of pressure. All right. Yeah, so the hockey diversity Alliance, uh, I'm sorry. I just get upset because it's like, dude, people just shut up. Like, why are we so crappy to each other, humans? I get upset. I'm sorry, emotional. I'm sorry, people. I actually have emotions. I apologize. But uh, the Hockey Diversity Alliance has uh, partnered with Etch to come out with a clothing line. It'll help uh, support the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Matt Dumas coming out with a uh, his the first. He's the first like collection of clothing. Uh, I just throwing out there for anybody who a maybe just would like to check out a player collection. I'm assuming it's going to be pretty awesome because some of these guys dress really great. Uh, but anything that goes to help support like the hockey diversity Alliance um, initiatives, you know, like helping make training diversity, you know, growing the sport in the healthy ways that we keep talking like we want to do, but these guys are trying to walk the walk. So go support that if you can. Uh, and just remember that the, uh, NWHL's rebranch to the PHF is completing at the end of this week. Uh, those ladies are uh, are only those athletes are only uh what three weeks away or November six weeks away. Yep, November six. So 
that knowing. So if you go to look up the old school, I just want to let you know that at the end of the week, the total rebranch with website, merch site, everything will be up and running. Uh, along with the uh, exciting news of us joining the WMEX uh, family, we are also have been granted uh, Boston Pride Media Access. Nice. Uh, and, uh, Black and Gold Productions um, administrator, a fellow administrator, and and my guy that I lean on uh, for help on the website and everything team related. Uh, Andrew Taverna is going to be taking up the duties for um, covering the Boston Pride, but also scheduling folks to uh, be there as media members with player interviews and so on. So if you if you're a lady, if you're a gentleman and you'd like to cover this women's professional hockey team, please get in touch um, with me. Uh, Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. I will then get you in touch with Andrew. And we'll work on a writing schedule and attendance schedule to cover game all games at the Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Massachusetts. All right. Well, on my end, I'm about to wrap up what I have to say and let Mark do what he has to do because we are out of topics. So my only topics now are please rate and review the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and all the great podcasts. Follow all the great writers at blackandgoldhockey.com and also the following podcast as we rear up into hockey season, black and gold hockey podcast. Again, I get the OG everyone else. He's just visiting. That's great. I'm the lucky one. Dump and chain Lindra hockey podcast, short shift, uh, puck lines, beehive, heart of lions, Causeway Kings, Holtz on hockey. Uh, Mark's remember the maples, uh, follow him on Twitter. So, you know, when he gets, uh, when his new episodes will release as he does that behind the scenes on top of his 475,000 other things that he is doing with Black and Gold <laughs> Hockey Productions. Don't lying. go to pod. The new one, The Hub of Hockey. Uh, thank you always for listening. Uh, and I'm excited. Yeah. Woo. So let's get some healthy chirping to get ready for this NHL season, Bruins fans. Bruins fam, we don't have to eat each other like zombies every time there's a bad preseason game or we don't like each other's takes. You can respectfully disagree, but it only works if we all agree to disagree. All right, Mark, what are we doing? Patreon, what are we doing? You yep. got anything we're going to we're gonna talk about the awesome Patreon account uh, campaign that we have. Um, if you donate $1 per episode, we give back to you guys. We take half of your dollar and use it for our small sports media company to pay some bills. Uh, for all these platforms that we're on and the podcast network and the website, all kinds of stuff that we pay for by using your dollar. But half of that goes to great gifts. We, uh, we, we give away a gift every week. We also give away a hand-signed jersey once a month. This, hand signed, uh, this month's hand-signed jersey, which we're giving away on the October 17th, next Sunday, is Jerry Cheever's. Fully authenticated, hand-signed, Hall of Fame, 1985 inscription. This is from Bruce Sullivan from the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. This is the stuff I've been telling you about, folks. You got to go talk to Bruce. Very good hand-stitched stuff. This is something you do not want to wear. It's an awesome prices, by the way. You think this would be a couple hundred dollars. You think wrong. Talk to Bruce. He'll get you a good deal. But this is something that you want to put up in a glass case and hang up in your fan cave or your kid's bedroom. Fantastic Christmas ideas, birthday ideas, everything idea. So go check out Bruce. Um, this week's winner of the um, weekly uh, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast giveaway is 
Mr. Mark McDonald, and he is the uh, owner and operator of the Bruins for Life um, um, Facebook page. They have well over 27,000 members on there, and he allows us to post stuff up, up there with, along with our podcast. So thank you very much for your contribution. He donates $1.50 because it's a Canadian dollar to get the dollar in the United States. So we truly appreciate that little extra from Mark. Um, but thank you for everything. I will sh- get you a signed puck uh, out as soon as possible. And hopefully it gets there in time and not like a $100 delivery fee because Canada is kind of ridiculous. Love your country, but your prices and your shipping are just absolutely terrible. Logistics are, I, are terrible. How about I meet you at the border and I just toss that shit over? Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I do put bubble wrap in this. We might even be able to do the uh, Jim Carrey, um, you know, kick it from when he was doing the uh, the UPS guy on uh, Pet Detective. <laughs> That's funny. We're going downtown. All right. No, we're going. We're going down to get down with this podcast because yeah. you know what? Bruins season's ramping up. Providence Bruins, all the Bruins, uh, NCAA, the Junior Main Mariners. These thing. Everyone's getting ready. Everyone's going. It's go time, people. We have real hockey in October, just like our brains tell us there should be, and it's going to be very exciting. The next time you hear me and Mark, there'll be a game down, one game yes. down, and hopefully we'll beat the Dallas Stars. We love you. Exactly. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Patreon. Congratulations yes. for winning, and woo! I'm so yep. excited. We can. All right, it. so we're gonna. We're going to close this right now. I'm going to edit and get this out of there. Uh, but we want to thank everybody for the continued support, retweeting, sharing on your socials, socials, donating financially, reaching out with questions, DMs, all kinds of stuff. It's been a lot of fun. The interaction is just beginning. We mm-hmm. are going to be in the 21-22 regular season next week when we come back here in the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. So for Heather Ingus and Mark Allred, we're out. LFG! Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.